This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, we're back. We're back, we're back, we're back. Actually, um, in between uh, the show that we did last week for you and this one, I actually did a program on podcasting for the local authors here in my home state of Colorado. And they were amazed with some of the things that I shared in the reveal from last week's show from their 750,000 podcasters out there, which means that there's still a lot of room, especially for quality, to come through. Um, some of the data about the average length of podcasters, but I think what the, the stunning thing was how the, the huge, huge percentage of individuals who are listening to podcasts, which is well over half of, of America, um, are listening to podcasts, actually hang on for the great majority or the entire podcast. So it has much more power than a little two-minute clip or a three-minute or a seven-minute interview on other types of shows. Or if you've been like me where I've been interviewed by a lot of print, you can spend an hour to two hours with a reporter, and it comes out jumbled. You're thinking, did I really say this? Um, Was it that way? Well, I can tell you with all the media I've done personally, which is over a thousand radio and TV shows that I would take, and this is before podcasting came along, I always would prefer radio because it was more conversational, um, usually had more time, and that whatever came out of your mouth came out of your mouth, and it was on the air. It couldn't be reconstructed in some way unless it was totally eliminated. Well, podcasting brings that same format. Uh, to the ground where you can, whether you're the host, you're in control, whether you're the guest. Um, I found that most hosts are pretty congenial um, and really do want to feature you and your expertise and the like. With me, we have one of those individuals, again, for part two. Kelly Glover is back again with us, and she has created this brilliant entity called the Talent Squad, dot king she, dot com, and she is a uh, podcast publicist. Her biography really is vast, but just a little tidbit, she's booked thousands, and I mean thousands, of guests for podcast interviews. She's the founder of the thetalentsquad.com, as I mentioned, and she works with entrepreneurs, authors, that's you, and you are, you are an entrepreneur too, and events. Her expertise covers in excess of 18 years working with the media, she herself is a celebrity interviewer, she's a talent agent, she's a radio host, and she's a podcast producer. Kelly's going to share with us during this hour um, things for you to do before, during, and after you reach out to the media for an interview. So you're going to learn how to distill your core message, 
package your expertise and effectively pitch to the media. So we're going to talk about pitching. We're going to talk about being a guest. We're going to talk about, mm, maybe you want to be a host during this hour. Welcome back, Kelly, the author you, your guide to book publishing. Thank you, Judith. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm lucky enough to spend a whole hour with you, so I'm grateful for that as well. Okay. Me too. And, you know, everyone, Kelly is is actually talking with us from Australia or Sydney. Are you still in Sydney today? Yes. It's 4.12 a.m. in Sydney. Ah, the Krakadon. The Krakadon. Yeah, it's still dark outside. <laughs> well, we're... We're, I'm in Colorado and it's a, it's at 10 o'clock in the morning and it's lovely. Um, it's not snowing and for me that's a good thing. All right, so Kelly, let's just kind of jump in. Why don't we do kind of kiss a little bit, uh, a recap of some of the key things that you talked about. Uh, I've mentioned that there's 750,000 podcasts and growing daily and growing daily. And I don't know by what leaps and bounds. Maybe Kelly can tune us in here, but it's growing daily. Um, so maybe, Kelly, maybe my first question after you do a quick recap is going to be, how do you separate yourself from the crowd? How do you get heard? Got it? Sure. So in podcasting, the way I look at it, there's pretty much two ways to go if you're an author. So you can be a guest on podcast and go on somebody else's show, or you can host the party and have your own podcast and invite whomever you'd like on the show. Either way, there's kind of a little separate uh, set of rules and practices to follow and things you need because you're either pitching for guests to come on or you're pitching yourself to go on shows. So I always recommend to be a guest on shows first so you can see how other people run their ship and then knowing what goes into creating an episode and longevity because Podfade is real. Um, maybe decide if you'd like to host your own show. Right. And th- I think that's a good way to go. All right. So let's, let's just start that way. Um, let's start, let's start from the, um, the author side. You're going to pitch. Um, and so you've got your topic, your theme, your expertise, whichever way you're going to go. What have you found over the years that you've been doing this have been the most effective ways to get the attention? Um, uh, of the producer or whoever is the, the, the gatekeeper to the podcast. Okay, I would say pitch the problem, not the person. And what that mean is you are looking at a show and you're looking at the audience and the host and the topics that they are covering and what kind of a solution you can offer that audience and give them an action step to take. So rather than go in saying, I'm an author and I've got a book and I want to come on your show, which is actually the truth and we all know it, it's (laughs) – I've – well, that's the point. But instead of yeah. instead of servicing yourself, going, I'm awesome. Hey, can I come to your party? It's more like, Hey, um, I'm an author. Can I come to your party? And I've got this awesome plate of hot dogs that I want to bring. So you need to offer something up that the audience wants in order to get through the door. And the first mm-hmm. thing you need to do is have an excellent subject line. Because in most cases, you're cold pitching, and if you don't even have a great subject line, your email will not get open, and all that time you've put into sourcing, vetting, and pitching the show will go to waste. So there's a lot of elements involved before you get to the pitch, but once you're there, that subject line absolutely needs to be clickbait that actually delivers. Great. So I, I love uh, the clickbait term, but are there is there a formula for how many words you should be using? 
I often test it in my email when I put though uh, put that subject line in there because these days you see not only the um, amount of words in the subject line, but often with emails you'll see that first line depending how people um, have it set up, like the little preview. So mm-hmm. I will pay attention to what's in that first preview line as well because sometimes you get two bites of the cherry. So I would look at your email server to see what fits in there because, as you know, some words are longer than other words. So it's what comes up in the visual, but definitely one line. All right. So one, one line in the subject line, that's the email to get their attention. But I actually, I always preview too. Those first two lines of an email, they're always there and I will know right away if I'm going to dump it. Yeah. So I would say write it like the only line you get is the subject line. And then do the other two as well as hoping they get seen and bonuses. So instead of wasting, hi, hope you're well, I would not really do that. I would put some, what, think of it like a three-line pitch instead of a one-line pitch just in case they get that in there. And Judith, you get pitched all the time. So do you just not even open um, emails if the subject yep. line is poor? Tell us oh, about yeah. that. Oh, 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 I will tell you. <laughs> Thank you for asking me that. The first thing I do every morning is open up and see, oh, there's another 300 plus emails. And my job is to eliminate them. And, and I will go through very quickly. I, I, I can dump 50 emails in 10 seconds. And, um, and, and it's, it's just exactly what you say. What's the subject line? I don't want it to have, I don't want to see a, a whole, complete sentence with 12 words, for example. Just give me a few to hook me. Is it in my topic area? And then then the preview line would be the lead line. And you're right. Don't say, hello, how are you? I've been following you for a long time, blah, 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 blah. Um, that you come back right in that. Uh, and for I'm, I'm, for example, about publishing. You know, I've identified three key areas that all authors need to know that 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 isn't being talked about in publishing today that would get my attention yeah and you need to think of it like if it was the front of a newspaper would I want to open it up or if it was a headline in an article that I was scrolling through and you've got one line to do that and you're right headline formulas um, even though it may not be creative it needs to pique that interest to get the open the thing that you need to think about with a pitch is it's just the first step to being vetted you're not going to get a yes straight away if you go to Judith's inbox it's just for Judith to say oh that's interesting and then any host that's worth their weight in gold will go through and they'll check your website they'll check your book Mm-hmm. They'll check your social media. They're going to cross-check and verify every element. So that's just the first – it's just unlocking the door. You're still standing in the doorway. You're not all the way through, that's for sure. Right. So all of you listening in, you need to be tuned into some of the headline analyzers to play with. Um, I, I really work with several of them. But what Kelly hit on was just right on dealing with the, the emotion – it's emotional pull. Or, or, you know, the sting factor or whatever. But this is really critical. I use it. I look at aminstitute.com for the emotional, intellectual, spiritual. Have some fun with Tweak Your Biz Headline Analyzer. Portense Headline Analyzer is a hoot. I remember we put in Elder Care. We were playing around and it came back with, you know, what Darth Vader doesn't know about Elder Care and you should. Let me tell you, that would get my attention. Mine too. I would love to know that, and I've never even thought about it. That's perfect. It's using yeah. pop culture and your pop um, culture. Absolutely. And your, yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. So we're going to, we're up to our first break. So here, that's your first tease. We're going to, we're going to be coming back with the awesome Kelly Glover, but we're going to be really looking at how you can rock and roll in this vast new frontier called podcasting. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Right, as we came with it for that first exit, I teased you with a couple of places to go, and let me resend them say them again. Am Institute, Apple Mary Institute, uh, dot com, and you just want to click on the headline analyzer and play around. 
my goal is always to get a score of over 40, 40. And this was developed by the American Marketing Institute. Um, and it shows the emotional, intellectual, and spiritual grab for a headline. Use these for blogs, use these for articles, and why not think about the pitch, right? The other one was the uh, tweak your biz. I would go into the Google and just put tweak your biz headline analyzer. Um, and also do that for portent. P is in Peter, O-R-T-E-N-T. You will have a lot of fun um, with these because there's some of them you'll throw out, of course, right away. But there's a way just to grab attention um, on that. And, and that's what, and also, if you do one that is um, has a little bit of a twist or turn to it, it also gives an insight maybe to your personality, at least the producer or the decision maker may think that, oh, this person has, you know, is quirky. <laughs> I mean, Darth Vader or an elder care. And as Kelly said, think pop culture. And then, and I was sharing with Kelly, it always amazes me when, uh, during the break, when um, so many say that they don't watch TV or they don't go to the movies. And, and I think you're missing out on a lot, people. But here's the thing is your readers do. And if you can tie it into something that's current that will grab their attention, I'm telling you, you will have a home run. Kelly, do you want to jump on that at all? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I think you are leaving audience, clients, and money on the table if you don't do that. And it's actually really close-minded. Sorry to be so harsh, yep. but like you said, it the is. number over 80% will – I, yeah, they're, they're the people. You're going to the people. And I think the other thing is you hit on was topics and talking points. So you might have a broad topic. It might be business. It might be elder care, but that's not a talking point. You can't take that to market. So when you said about the Darth Vader, I actually want to read that even though I had never, I'm not even interested in elder care. It's got nothing to do with me, but my goodness, I am going to click on that article because it's fascinating. So that would be an example of a talking point and the difference between that and a topic. So you need to ask yourself, is this valuable? You can test your own headline and your talking point, right? So is it going to teach somebody something that they don't know how to do? Is it going to teach them something they need to know? Is it going to solve a problem? They're the questions you need to ask yourself. And if you're pitching, hi, I'm an author with a book, that doesn't really cover any of those elements of a talking point. So that's your first place to cross-check and verify what you're writing. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, they may assume that you might be, you know, an author of a book. Um, but who knows? Or a service provider tied into that topic. That's what I'll get um, quite a bit of. The other thing I was sharing with Kelly is that there are two sources I always recommend people looking at. And for the art, this is the art of the headline, and that is the National Enquirer. Just stand in, you know, and next time you're at the grocery store, your job is to pick it up and just look at the headlines. Don't read the articles. They're relevant. It's the headline I want you to look at. And the other one is Cosmopolitan Magazine. The people who write those headlines are separate. They're not, they're not the editor. They are people who are hired specifically to write grabbing headlines. All right. So I, I just want you to pay attention to that and, and, and do it because it, we're talking about, but Kelly and I are trying to stress with the pitches. You got to kick the door open. So they say, Oh, who are you? 
Yeah, it's it's about getting the attention. We assume that you know what you're talking about as an expert and you've already yeah. written a book. That is not yeah. the question. We already know that you're able to deliver, but you have to prove it. So it's not only with the pitch, it's also with credibility markers, Judith. So a book is one credibility marker, but mm-hmm. once you get in the pitch, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you can add in there mm-hmm. because yeah. if you're unknown or you're not necessarily the go-to expert in your field, yet but want to be, you need to say, okay, well, I've got this training and education. I've got this degree or this accreditation. I have done these other speaking engagements. I've already got this other media coverage. Um, I have my own podcast. You can create your own credibility markers for sure. So you might Mm -hmm. want to use case studies and you can do that in the pitch sparingly. Um, just as small, I look at it as checkpoints and you as a host, when you're going through in your brain, you're like, okay, check, 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 check. And then you'll move on to the vetting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it, uh, that's what it's all about. So, um, pitching is critical. This is part of your package. And in fact, it, it's not just podcasters, it's to potential buyers. You know, it's to the public. I have a, uh, my, my annual author's tea that I do every year is next week here in my home. There'll be 120 people just dropping in for tea and goodies. And, and there are throughout my home, there are 20 different authors from children's authors to authors who write horror stories to authors who have women's fiction to the how to, the business kinds of authors. And they have to have that first connection, that seven-second connection. They have to know what to say. We're just saying you've got to say it in your few-second words to get it out. That's what this is about. And the other thing is the use of language, Judith. So you need to be able to communicate in the language of the person that you're pitching while still having respect to your own personality and language. So that's a technique and skill in itself. If you're pitching to a buttoned up agency, you're not going to use casual Australian language that might be a bit cheeky or perceived the wrong way, but you also don't want to position yourself as someone who is, you know, hugely scientific and political if that's not what you are. So there's a delicate balance in showing them you understand their language and their audience and meeting them where they are while still being true to yourself. Always, always smart to be true to yourself. That's what I think. All right. So we're going to transition from pitching. Now let's talk about um, the art, Kelly, of being a guest. Yes. So first of all, you are a guest at someone else's house, so you must play by their rules. With podcasting, at least, it's earned media, so you can't go in with giant requests of, I want a final edit, I want this, I want that. Once you're on air, whatever is being recorded, the host has the right to produce. So that's just something to know from the upfront. Judith, earlier you were speaking about, yeah, you leave it all out there and what happens happens and your words get get used mm-hmm. and you've got a better chance on air, which mm-hmm. is absolutely true. So yeah, you have to, it teaches you to think on your feet. Um, that's for sure. So also the other part of being a good guest is being prepared and listening to the show beforehand, knowing the audience and having those visual assets that we may have spoken about. They'll want a headshot. They'll want a biography. They'll want your talking points. They'll want your online press kit. So you need to have all that before you pitch. So when the host requests it, you can send it instantly in an email. 
Or if they've already been on your your website, they can download it very quickly. Yes, um, if the, and, if it's on the website. So that's the thing. Have your online press kit on the website for sure. And then make sure you have, if you're doing podcasts, you need to have your mic set up ready. Because if they say, oh, great, a, yes, a guest just happened to drop out. I'd love to. Are you available in half an hour tomorrow, the next day? You can say yes, and you can get on that microphone, and you won't lose that opportunity because you will have your audio ready to go. And you know what? I'm going to – I loved that you just said this because – Guests do drop out. Sometimes illness, sometimes they forget. It happens. It happens. Um, sometimes just elements come into play and they can't be there. It is always a good idea to, to know. And I actually, I would be making a press kit, everybody. Um, your, actually a press release for your press kit, but I would have a press release about whatever your expertise are. And I would get it out and just say, have, have a line down there. To, to them, just saying, it, it, you know, I'm available. In most cases, I'm available if you have a guest who can't make it. Um, and, I mean, I've had to do that sometimes. Someone say, can you jump on for 10 minutes? Yes, I can find 10 minutes to jump on. So, Yeah, and the other thing, Judith, is hosts are busy. They're not all the same, and you can't have the expectation of them having prepared. So in some cases, you'll need to prepare them. So when you pitch, we've spoken about the headline element, but what we haven't talked about is the one sheet. So Mm -hmm. I highly suggest all authors have multiple one sheets, one for themselves, and if you're going on promoting a specific book, have one for the book as well. So the one for yourself will have your headshot. It will have your name in big letters. It will have your talking points on there, your bio on there. It will be branded. So in one look, in one glance, the um, host will be able to get a good sense of who you are, your branding, and your book. And then also have the book cover on there. And the second sheet can have a bit of a blurb about the book as well as some sample questions. Now, don't get me wrong. You're not telling the host what to ask you. You're just giving them a skeleton so they have the background on you. And then they're going to ask their own questions, hopefully. So I would prep them to ask you what you want to be asked. Mm-hmm. Well, if if the host is paying attention, <laughs> you, you notice I just said if, Kelly. Yes, I um, did. <laughs> the host is paying attention. That whatever you're saying is going to be so delectable and enticing that they are going to become engaged and they will start, uh, jo- they will truly join in. They will not be a voyeur to what you're trying to share. They will be a partner with you and they will start asking questions um, and, and bring it about. And that's a huge difference. And it's always delightful when you have those conversations because that's when things go really fast and you're a little bit nervous thinking, how, well, how can I fill 15 minutes? How can I fill 30 minutes? It'll disappear overnight. And with that, we're up to our second break here. So we're with Kelly Glover. It is author you, your guide to book publishing. We're really talking about tips, strategies, and techniques to make you shine in podcast world. We'll be right back with more of them.
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. We're playing with Podcast Land. With us is the fabulous Kelly Glover, and she is in Sydney for a few months, avoiding the weather in the United States. Absolutely. I'm a bird and I fly south for the winter. (laughs) Yeah. But she really knows how to fly south. Let's just say it that way. Um, And one of the things that we did before we took a break, she was opening up about the uh, having multiple one sheets. And a lot of people think, don't, you know, don't even think about that or think, well, can I do one on one side and one on the other? I think I like the idea of multiple. Don't try to do everything at once on one thing and cram it in. So the one for yourself is going to be your big picture. And so that's why it's really a good idea if your picture looks like you. Is it current? I just thought I'd yeah. say that. Yes. <laughs> Please don't put one from 1973 because then you'll show up and then the person will be a bit disappointed or they're expecting somebody else. So I also recommend getting headshots at least once, you know, once a year if you can. You can do it on an iPhone and they can turn out beautifully. The one on my website's on my iPhone or every couple of years. Mm-hmm. I do it every couple of years um, on that. And, you know, like Kelly, I do my annual cruise in the oh, winter. I- 
every uh, year. Yes, Judith, I've already looked it up and I'm <laughs> on board for, um, I think 2021. I'm planning it. I got stuck in that rabbit hole checking it all out. <laughs> 2021. All right. So what we want to do is, uh, really think about you know, having some, it, 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 headshots don't mean you're in a, a, a formal studio looking like you're having your graduation picture. Please don't oh, do no. that. Please don't do that. That, that informal is always, I mean, I'm an informal person anyway. Um, people are always shocked when I all of a sudden show up dressed glitzy. But that informal is my style. Casual is my style. And so you can get so many great pictures. And Kelly's absolutely right. You can do some wonderful with, with, with the, the cameras on the iPhones. Wowza. I mean, there's some wowza cameras out here. Um, that exceed anything that we had 10 years ago. So take advantage of that. But also there are some phenomenal author photographers, like we have Ashley Branton with us on the cruise that people sign up to. She sometimes goes on an excursion with them or she, there are some of these big ships have so many wonderful places and little spots that you can come in and get these shots. Um, so take advantage of that. I just, just suggesting. Everyone do it at least every two years. That's my two bits. Kelly, on the uh, on the book one sheet, obviously, I, I think your picture should be on there as an author, but really the big feature is the book cover, is it not? Yeah, it's inverse. So when you're doing the one sheet for yourself, it's your is your headshot is the big one and the book is the little one. And on the book one sheet, it's the opposite. The book is the large photo and then the photo of you is the smaller one. So I would always have a beautiful photo of the cover on there. And if you can make it linkable, if you already don't have the downloads, that's when you can put in the links to a NetGalley if you have a media download um, or click, not click funnel. A book funnel. Um, so make sure not only are you promoting the book and showing it, you have the opportunity for the potential host to read some of it or at least read a chapter download with a summary. Mm-hmm. And and that's, yeah, I would include that or let, certainly let them know that, that there's an expanded area. And you know, another really cool thing, I'm just going to say this for your website that I like to do. Um, most of our books on the layout have a customized feel to them, look to them, and that there's always... Um, I, I like to pull a uh, some portion of the imagery from the from the cover, so it will flow through for the chapter every chapter page. Some element shows in a, in a grade image of some sort. I always like to have the book open, so people can actually see. Maybe get it get a, a PDF of a couple of pages within your book that if it has callouts or any kind of imagery that people can see. It's just not line after line after line after line after line, freaking line. Um, yeah. So it has you a little pop to it. You have a personality and your brand has a personality, so you need to show both of those in order. And it's a buying and selling situation. When you pitch yourself to the media, you're in a sales position whether you like it or not, and it might just – sound horrible, but you are selling yourself and your book and your expertise. So you need to pluck up, know that you're a brand and take on that role and do it. I love pluck up. All right. So people, well, it's hard. It's hard for some of us, especially for authors who are introverts and they may not be used to doing that and doing a chitty chat chat like I am as a radio host, but uh-huh. 
that's the way that you get in the in in the media. So it will take a little bit of practice, but if you've got your headlines, yeah. if you've got your one sheet, if yes. you've got the books one sheet, if you are prepared, then all you're doing is really just putting it out there. Yes. Exactly. And 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 get it going. So let me let me make another suggestion. On is if you've been as you start to get featured on things because a lot of these uh, one sheets are going to be online. Um, which means that you can go in and tweak them all the time. And that as you start accumulating shows that you've been on, I'm, I want to encourage you to collect the logos of these, uh, you know, if it's an NBC affiliate, get the, get the peacock span for NBC. If it's, if it's anything else, um, and, and you can see an example of this. If you go to my personal website, thebookshepherd.com, click on the media page, click on the one sheet, You'll see that there's a full-blown one sheet, and everything Kelly was talking about for my personal one sheet, my picture is it takes up a quarter to a third of the one sheet with with books around me. You will see down at the very tippy bottom that a whole bunch of logos from Oprah, Good Morning America, you know, Time Magazine, Wall Street Journal, that kind of thing. If, when you start, I don't care if it's your little local press, your little wiki seven, as you start gathering, they all have logos with their branding. Start showing them. And this is what tells a producer um, is they start checking you out. Oh, you've already been on the air. You're already tested. This is a good thing to do, people. So. Yeah, that's what we call credibility markers, Judith. And yeah. I would even go one step further, especially with podcasting. I would make the link live, have the podcast artwork, and then somebody can instantly listen to an interview that you've done. Or if you have a video and you've been on TV, put that on there as well because a producer and or host is going to click and go, oh, great, yep, she's been on so-and-so's podcast and now I've heard mm-hmm. her voice. Yes, yes, now I've seen seen her speak. Yes, she's been in that. There's the actual article. So, and like you said, starting with local, you're not going to go to Oprah on the first interview you ever do. No. You're probably going to stuff it up, right? So you want to go on the local press first and build it up like a pyramid till you get to that top point. You need the foundation first. So think small, do tons and tons and tons of those until you get all the way up to the top. And then you'll absolutely nail it because you've made all your mistakes on the smaller press or you've got your runs on the board. Which which is always fun with that. All right. So we've got the one sheet, the multi one sheet, a couple of them. So if you have multiple books, by the way, create one for each book. Unless you've decided I want to talk about it, you know, have that. Um, what else would we, what else would we use for the pitching part, Kelly? So, well, you need to have a list of what media outlets you're going to pitch. Let's assume you've got your bio, you've got your logo, you've got your headshots, you've got your book covers, you've got your talking points, um, you've got your past interviews, any awards that you may have had. I also suggest a scheduling link. So that is, um, an online scheduler that hooks into your calendar, which I use Calendly. You can also use Schedule Once Acuity. There's a number of free ones out there. And what that does is if a host wants to book in with you for an interview, they can just click a link on your calendar and then it figures out the time zones. So that's something I recommend putting in your online press kit. Um, beyond that, you need your media list. So who is it you're going to pitch? How are you going to find them? And how are you going to track the days and the follow-ups that you've done the pitches? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so I use Airtable 
and but you can use any kind of a document that you want, like any Google type document spreadsheet, um, uh, one of the database ones. So it would be I've pitched X host at X show, and this is their email address. This is the date that I pitch them, and a lot of people use a boomerang, or you can just put a reminder. Because I would say, don't just pitch once, and if you get no response, leave it. I would say follow up. And then if you follow up and get no response, um, a lot of these days you can see if someone's opened the email, which is pretty fantastic. So have they opened it and no response is different to it's not open, and therefore that tells you you need to find another avenue to send that pitch. Oh, Kelly, I can remember in the old days where we would do pitching. Actually, it was by fax. You know, oh my you would goodness. send, oh, I'm talking to the old days that you would, you would, you do facts. And I remember sitting early in the morning, I think it was, this was a thing going on dealing with women undermining women. And I had all the main, actually all the main big guys, um, fax numbers to where it went to certain producers that we had compiled. Just like you're saying, you have a list, you create a list when you do it. I'll never forget the time I sent one, a fax in. Within three minutes, I had a call from a producer for a national TV show. Wow. Now, what was it? Did you get any feedback on that specific pitch, Judith? What was it that prompted them to contact you so quickly? Here was the feedback. Can you you fly back to New York tomorrow? (laughs) Right. Okay. And the answer was yes, and then you're on that TV show the next day, right? Yes, you are. But, and, and you also, I'm going to, I want to tell everyone on, when you're pitching, you really want to be careful here because that if you are doing premature pitches, I mean, I've always found, especially if you're trying to go for the big dogs and I've been on, you know, a lot of the big dogs that if you hop on, let's say Oprah says, you know, I'm hearing about this. I'm going to get you and you're on and your book's not even available. And I'm just going to tell you, don't do it because you're not going back to Oprah next week. You're not going back to Oprah next month or in two months. You need to come up with some kind of an excuse that you want to be there and all that. Um, but unless you want to go do it because your ego says, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, but that it's not going to sell books. So understand. Now, you could get a reel. You could get a clip that you could use to repitch to other things. Right. But just understand that. Um, it's always dicey. It's always dicey on when do you pitch and when do you don't pitch or when do you maybe hold back some of your big stuff um, for that time. And I've been in that boat before. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to be talking about a lot more as we come down the pike here, getting you successful. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing. And so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles. 
sometimes nightmares for the author, you do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Right in this last segment, I told Kelly I wanted to make sure that we also flipped it. What about being a host? But before we enter that segment, what I wanted to do was really to kiss on and remind you, I know we talked about it last week, but let's just re-remind you, how do you find the right type of podcast that would be a fit for you, either you personally, you as an author and expertise, for your book? Yeah, so I, I think people think of where to look, and I'm happy to explain that, but I also think that how to look is hugely important. So everybody knows iTunes, and there's all different categories you can go through, so I suggest starting there. There's another search engine called Listen Notes. It's a little bit like Google for podcasts, and Ooh, that will show that. you yeah, yeah. Listen Notes. Um, and there's another website called Chartable, Oh, so for on Listen Notes, it even gives you the stats, which is pretty interesting. It says that, and you can listen to podcasts straight in there. So you can search for the podcast, listen to the podcast, Mm -hmm. and that says that it's got 811,000 podcasts and 54 million episodes. So let me tell you, there's plenty to look for. Mm -hmm. And the other one is called Chartable, and that's the podcast where you can look and see where a show is ranking. Chartable, C-H-A-R-T-A-B-L-E. So there's lots of new websites that you can look for podcasts on. In addition to just Googling, say, if you want to go on a business podcast, you could look up top 10 business podcasts, top 100 business podcast, female entrepreneur, like just search whatever you're looking for. Um, but I also suggest, say you found a podcast, well, look at the guests that have been on that show and what shows have they been on. 
if you've found a podcast, who is the host and what shows have they been on? So sometimes you can reverse engineer from one podcast and go down the line to find many more. And often they'll have almost like a, you know, when you're watching Netflix, so, so-and-so or Amazon, so-and-so also looked at this and read this. So you can see what other people subscribe to. So it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Once you find a few shows you like, you can absolutely go and find more and more shows. Then you've got to vet them. So finding the shows isn't the problem. It's finding the shows that's suitable. Just know that Podfade is real, and that's when a show starts but may not have published an episode recently. So you don't want to go and waste your time crafting a specific pitch for a show that may not have published in two years. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I, I have to tell you, sometimes I am not – a fan of iTunes. I, I know it's the big banana. I think it's a nightmare to try to find stuff on it. Yeah, it's that it is. And they uh, in the podcast industry, they talk about discoverability, and that means there's all these mm-hmm. podcasts, but how do you actually find them? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first place to go that people know and understand and can look. But venture out, absolutely venture out. Well. And there's also Facebook groups you can go into. There's one called She Podcasts. So that's a women in podcasting group, and there's many of them. And you can go in there and, for example, in She Podcasts, on a Tuesday, they'll put out a a post saying, do you want to be a guest on a show or do you have a show to be a guest on? So those are people um, actively looking for guests on their show. Now, don't get me wrong. Just because you say yes doesn't mean you get a yes. You still have to pitch and have everything in place. But it's um, – and it's not going to be Oprah in there that we've been using as an example no, as the no. show. But uh-huh. that's the best place to start, right? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely well, the sure. best place to start. Absolutely. So, and, and really, this is, so much can be found. I mean, Internet's helpful here. But as, as we're saying, I think iTunes is messy, 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 messy. Uh, and there's also apps like Stitcher app is one mm-hmm. that people, Pocket Casts app. There's any number of apps you can listen to. There's Spotify. So there's, there's so many places that you can look at to find shows. Um, but like Judith said, it is overwhelming. So if you just start with one, and I really actually love Listen Notes a lot. So try that one first. Listen Notes? Listen Notes. And okay. I would yeah, Listen Notes. All right. Well, that I think that will be helpful to all of you um, to get going, to find where you're going. All right, let's switch gears. So let's just say this sounds like this could be your cup of tea. I could put together um, a little system and do podcast out of my, you know, extra bedroom, if that's what you're going to do. So where do we start if that's going to be our strategy, Kelly? If, if you want to start your own podcast and invite people to your party? Mm-hmm. I would suggest in the first thing is thinking, who are you talking to and what do you want to happen as a result of your podcast? So you need to start ground level because there's quite a bit of work and moving parts that go into just producing one episode. So are you, re- is this going to be a weekly show? That's 52 guests, 52 episodes, 52 show notes a year. Yep. Or is it bi-weekly? Reduces yep. it by 50%, you're down to 26. Maybe even that's too much. Maybe it's monthly, 12 episodes. So think realistically about the volume that you can produce and make sure you know what goes into an episode. So you've got to 
book the guest on the episode and prepare them. You'll have to write the show notes. You'll have to record the episode. The episode needs to be edited. Now, are you going to do that? Absolutely possible. But if you don't have the skills, then you need to put time into learning those skills. And there is, and then you need to publish it. So one of the most common publishers is Libsyn. And the price for that is, the starting price is $5, but I think more commonly it's probably about $15 a month. So it is an affordable cost, but it is ongoing. And that's where you upload your MP3 audio to and it's hosted. So there are a number of um, software that you can purchase in order to get it up there. Or maybe you want to use an online record. You might want to use Zoom. And is that a paid one or the free version? So there's a lot of choices to look at if you want to do it yourself or if you would like to outsource. Well, and I will say, if you use the free ones, it's always going to be a shorter podcast, people. Um, and they have a limit of how many minutes that you can go. So it goes back to Kelly. How long? Not only what Kelly said, is it going to be daily, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, fill in the blank. Um, how long is it going to be? Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily – the freak, it's, you're not better if you do 50, uh, 365 or 52. You're better if you keep to the consistency and don't pod fade. So I think it's more about that and the quality than doing a three-hour daily show. Like you could do a 15-minute bi-weekly show with the consistency and your audience is going to appreciate that a lot more than just it being sporadic because then it reflects on you as being unreliable. So mm -hmm. knowing upfront and do a pilot. No one talks about that in podcasting and the Ooh. pilot doesn't necessarily have to go out to market, although it can because it can test the audience and you can survey them for what do you want more of? What do you want less? Well, you know, send a survey out to your or your fans that you already have. Um, but that will then teach you, okay, here's what goes into producing an episode. And you can do a private, a private pilot that no one ever listens to just so you can go through the process before putting it out there and then pod fading after, you know, seven episodes, which is quite common and understandable. Mm -hmm. What well, what was the phrase you used last week that I loved, where people um, drop out? It, it pod was, fade. Uh, it's called pod, pod fading. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I saw an amazing statistic this week, and I even I'm like, where did that come from? Is that even true? I saw that 75% of all podcasts are victims of pod fading and don't make it past seven episodes. So we've spoken about there being 750,000 podcasts, but yeah. how many of them produced an episode last week? And I'm not saying that to say, oh my gosh. You, you're not going to make it. I'm saying that so you can realize that out of those 750,000, if you're pitching them as a guest, it's not really 750,000. So it's more competitive that you think. And all those shows are not going to be in your niche because podcasting is niche. So it's just something to be aware of when you're like Judith was talking about searching on iTunes and the discoverability. Um, it is a little bit of a job and work up, up front. It's worth it. But mm -hmm. it is a bit of a quest on both sides of starting it and being a guest. It is a quest. And it's, it's the same thing, Kelly, as to how many people stop blogs and, and fizzle out. Yeah. So in order for that not to be you, I suggest doing a pilot. And in order for that not being you, I suggest doing some guesting on other people's shows as well. Mm -hmm. So 
even if you're a guest on a few shows and do a pilot and it goes nowhere, well, it's better than putting all the time and effort into something that fizzles out. Or, you know, another idea is that have been very successful for some of the big names is they do a series, maybe only six episodes. So they do, I I was watching something, um, um, a broadcaster um, by the name of Rachel Maddow did a thing called The Bag Man, and it was on Spiral Agnew. Um, and, and some of the shenanigans he got into in deep doo-doo. But she did it in six episodes. There were so many downloads on the first episode that it crashed, it crashed the NBC website. Wow. And I love a series for a few reasons. One, it doesn't mean your listeners have to listen every week for the rest of their life and feel like if they come in in two years' time that they've got thousands of episodes that they need to listen to, probably hundreds, not thousands. Mm-hmm. And you can also binge and consume the whole series. Therefore, you can do it on separate verticals. So you don't have to do the same <coughs> topics. Maybe one episode, one series of six episodes could be on one thing. And the next episode, the next series of six episodes could be on another topic. So therefore, people are more likely to consume every episode of a short run series than they are to feel like obliged that they have to listen every week for the rest of their life. So I think it is a smart way to do that. And as a host, you can batch. There's nothing stopping you from getting in that studio, the spare room, mm-hmm. um, once a quarter and recording back-to-back over one or two days, and then you've done it for the quarter and you've got it and send it off. And do a boatload, especially if all of you were thinking about, maybe maybe I'll just do 15 minutes. You could, you know, you could do a whole bunch at once. All right, and with that, we we have to close, Kelly. (laughs) Judith, I I could do an episode with you every week just (laughs) chitty-chatting. I love it. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on the show. It's always a pleasure. You you are so welcome. All right, thetalentsquad.com. Find out about Kelly. You'll learn so much more, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week.